A few years ago, I sold my professional flute in order to pay for a half year's leave of absence from my job to walk the length of New Zealand. Okay, I know that leaves a whole lot of questions like, walk the length of New Zealand? Leave of absence from your job? Professional flute? My name is Allison Young. Welcome to the first episode of The P-Rag, the unfiltered adventures of the blissful hiker. Yes, I am the blissful hiker, sometime professional flutist, sometime voice artist, and full-time pedestrian. In this weekly podcast, I'll share with you what it's like on the trail, why anyone would want to walk that far, and while it may not be a glamorous life, why it's one of the most fulfilling. Oh, and I know you have one more question. What exactly is a P-Rag? Well, we'll get to that in just a second, but here's a clue. It's exactly what it sounds like. But first, a shout out to our sponsor, Lecky. There's no possible way I could be a blissful hiker without walking sticks. They hold me upright, they support my tent, and they give me strength both going up and maybe more importantly for this middle-aged hiker, going down. Thank you so much, Lecky. Okay, back to the story. You could say I have a bit of a checkered past. One night at the dinner table when I was 14, I announced that I planned to go to an all-arts boarding school the following year. But not to worry about the cost, because I would be taking an audition for a scholarship, which I was planning to win. After my announcement, I bowed my head back down into my hamburger helper without another word. Going to Interlochen Arts Academy and playing my flute was an escape for me from the stress of home life and from a school where I really didn't quite fit in. It was also the beginning of a long, hard, fraught, but ultimately deeply satisfying and successful career, a professional flute-playing career that took me all over the world. Until that one day in my mid-30s, when I couldn't move my fingers. You know, it never occurred to me that a technique as fluid and impeccable as mine could just suddenly stop. It seems I developed a neurological condition called dystonia, and it ended my career. But let's pause here for just a second. Yes, losing my ability to play at that exceptional professional level really sucked. It was a punch to the gut of loss, and I was adrift for years. But to tell you the truth, I did a lot of living while playing the flute. I mean, yes, I played with great orchestras, I made recordings, toured, I taught... But much of what I did in my life was unrelated to making music. I had this kind of part-time gig as a hiker. And when I traveled as a flutist, I'd always fit in some walking, like in Japan, China, Pakistan, Switzerland, Argentina, and of course, all over the United States. Oftentimes I felt divided in choosing somewhere to go to further my career while keeping an eye out for where I could hike next. Blissful Hiker's little motto of walking the world is kind of spot on. You see, walking was always my solace. It was the place I found peace, I got centered, and I came up with creative ideas. My earliest memory is of looking down at my feet as they took me from our house in New York up this winding sidewalk to the back door of the church where my father was the minister. I had places to go. Up there was nursery school. 
And I really did not need anyone to take me. My feet could do that. I remember the smell of the air that day, dodging those roly-poly caterpillars and swinging my arms and feeling powerful. I was about five when I got completely lost on Nantucket Island. That may have been the first time I really felt fear. I was confused after taking a wrong turn and unable to pronounce the name of our hosts to this really nice lady who asked me where I live. Our host name? Schmidt. Later, when we moved to New Hampshire after my parents divorced, I had acres of woods to wander in and I'd disappear for hours. I even found my brother's secret fort, and they rewarded my discovery by allowing me to join them in puffing on a cigarette. The first time my dad took my brother and me to Yosemite, I took my flute, I hauled it up the chain ladder on my back, and I played it on top of Half Dome. On another visit, I got in huge trouble. It was Thanksgiving, and I kept going up and up past Yosemite Falls, thinking I could make this giant loop and still make it back in time for dinner. It actually began snowing hard, and if it wasn't for these two Swiss boys I latched onto, I may have gotten lost out there. No one was particularly concerned for my safety. They were mostly angry because I was so selfish. Yeah, I probably was. The teaching moment for them was never drop Allison off in a playground like Yosemite and expect her to limit herself. For me, the lesson was, if you want to act like a badass, do it on your own time. So after that, I started extending hiking into backpacking and mostly went alone, fully responsible only to myself. If I wanted to wander further, it was up to me. If I wanted to go fast or saunter, I determined it. After flute was pretty much scratched as a viable career, I found a new voice in another related field as a classical music broadcaster. When radio took over my life, I would work weekends to stockpile a few priceless extra days to take even more adventurous hikes. I went to Chile, South Africa, and Lesotho. I walked the entire spine of the French Alps and much more of the United States. I saw so much beauty, which only whet my appetite for more and longer hikes. I wanted, I needed, to see what it felt like to walk far, really far, a through hike of thousands of miles, Something that would take months to accomplish. I mean, it only seemed natural. The proper progression from weeks-long backpack trips to something verging on a lifestyle. But I kept that dream of walking a through-hike a secret for a long time. Though time was running out, dystonia screwed up my hands, so I couldn't play the flute at a high professional level. And now I was developing arthritis in my feet. I started to wonder... Would I also lose the ability to walk? When you hike, walk, stroll, or saunter, you can get more bang for your mile with walking sticks. Why are they so important? Well, you stay balanced. You spread out the stress on your muscles and joints, and you strengthen not just your legs, but your arms. Leckies are tough, even after I've tossed them from small cliffs or They've carried my entire weight as I leap over streams, boulder hop, crack up loose scree, or plunge overland down steep gullies. If you want to be a blissful hiker, lecky trekking poles should be in your hands. You're listening to The P-Rag, The Unfiltered Adventures of the Blissful Hiker. 
My name is Allison Young, and I am The Blissful Hiker. You can read more about my hikes, read a transcript of this show, and comment at thepeerag.com. What is a P-Rag? Well, let's just say it's a tool that enables a female hiker to get the job done without fuss or muss and focus on being her badass self on the trail. So time passed, and I developed my career as a broadcaster and simultaneously developed my dream to be a thru-hiker. I knew what loss felt like, that nightmarish feeling of being completely powerless, a neurological condition that was no one's fault took my professional flute-playing career down. I liked my job as a radio host, too. I liked it a lot. But if my toes were gnarling up due to arthritis, and if I wanted to see what it was like to walk a thru-hike, I needed to get on it before it was too late. But I had no idea how to go about this. I mean, it felt stupid, impossible, and definitely selfish. I'm pretty sure I might have maybe mentioned this idea in passing to my husband Richard, but I kept the dream inside from everyone else. And then I remembered this quote I read once. I think I was at the dentist's office and thumbing through Sports Illustrated, and I came upon this quote by tennis player Andre Agassi. He spoke about how lovely it is to dream while we're awake, that anyone can dream when asleep, but you need to dream all the time. You need to believe it, and you need to say it. That was the hard part for me. I was totally tripped up. I mean, to actually say it, to voice this idea, to put it out there. I know it's kind of woo-woo, but I have had the experience before where when I voice something I want, things begin to change, like the universe is conspiring to make things happen. Well, the universe was kind of conspiring at this point to kick me in the ass, and it was kind of by accident, and maybe a few too many beers. I was sitting around a campfire with friends after this awesome day of rock climbing on the north shore of Lake Superior, and it might have been that I felt really chuffed from the hard climbs I'd achieved and all the problems I solved achieving them, or it could have been I was so exhausted and the alcohol was doing its magic, so I just blurted it out. You know, I'd really like to see what happens to my body, mind, and spirit walking along through hike, like the Appalachian Trail or something, but I have absolutely no idea how to do it. I can't remember who it was, but he sounded so logical. This small voice chimed in from the darkness beyond the firelight. Why not just ask for a leave of absence? Of course. What could it hurt to just ask? I asked for this somewhat ridiculous personal thing I wanted to do. Well, it would take two years to receive permission to go, then a whole lot of planning, saving money, organizing, and finally signing an agreement that said I'd be back to my job in five months. And then there was that flute sale. You know, it's funny how it was on another short backpack trip that was fitted in between work obligations when the idea hit me. Now, the value of that instrument wasn't going to replace all my salary for five months, but it was really going to help. And it turned out that one of my adult students wanted to buy it. She sounded wonderful on it. And when it got to the moment when I handed the flute to her, she asked me with great concern, well, what are you going to play on now? I shrugged my shoulders and I said, I don't really play that much anyway. And that's when she presented me with her first student flute from grade school, this little silver-plated jobby with a sweet, sparkly tone. And she said, let's make a trade. This flute for a flute lesson. We shook on it, and I was just that much closer to my through hike. 
Okay, it's that time in the program to tell you what the P-Rag is. I would discover this useful object on the very eve of starting my first long-distance thru-hike. For women hiking 10 to 12 hours a day and drinking a gallon or more of water each day, we have to relieve ourselves, obviously. And it's not always easy like it is for a guy. Since we practice leave no trace, those wads of used toilet paper can become quite a burden in our trash bags. I mean, not to mention it gets used up too fast. Hence, the pee rag. It's just a bandana tied to the outside of my pack that can be reused and make a hiker feel in charge. All this time, swirling on my head was, where am I going to do this through hike? I knew this might be my only chance before retirement to take on something of this magnitude. So I wanted to go somewhere far, somewhere exotic, somewhere unknown. I wanted this to be epic, and I really wanted another stamp in my passport. And so I landed on a new through hike, New Zealand's long pathway, the nearly 2,000-mile Te Araroa. But I still was ambivalent with my decision. Even when Richard assured me, they speak English there and they take credit cards, what could possibly go wrong? Much of the reason I was so stressed was my job. I really wasn't sure if I would risk losing my career in taking this leave, and that felt totally ungrounding. I went back and forth because there were some things I'd been promised, and maybe it would be better to just stay. I even turned down another job offer because that need to hike, the need to see what would happen to my mind, body, and spirit on a thru-hike, the need to take my life into my own hands right now was overwhelming. Well, no one could ultimately make the decision for me. My lovely husband Richard suggested, why not just go for a few weeks? But that missed the point entirely. I already knew what it felt like to backpack for a month. What I didn't know was what it would feel like over many months. Perhaps my first run-in with an empty-handed leap into the void was when I applied for a visa. New Zealand requires a visa for a stay beyond three months, but they also require proof of a return ticket home. I mean, it's kind of a catch-22. So I had no choice. I had to buy my plane ticket and then just cross my fingers that I'd get a visa. Fortunately, the visa was granted, but now things were getting real. I gathered and tested and reviewed gear. I created a website and an identity to house my daily hike diary. I asked and received sponsorship, and I stuffed my head as full as I could with information, learning about bounce boxes, pee rags, and whittling my weight to as ultralight as I could manage. I contacted friends of friends and their friends of friends to create this link of people I could meet as I traversed the country, and I cooked and dehydrated food to pack and bring with me, at least for the first week. And then, one Saturday in late October, I stuffed all my gear into a throwaway suitcase, dressed myself in throwaway clothes, and kissed Richard goodbye until he'd join me four months later. Next week, everything in that throwaway suitcase is on my back, and I start my journey. Thanks so much to Lecky for their support of the P-Rag. Lecky trekking poles held me up and kept me going day after day on both my long-distance thru-hikes, the Te Araroa and the Pacific Crest Trail. If you enjoyed this episode, screenshot it, tag me at the P-Rag, and share it on social. Or even better yet, leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. Find out more, get your question or comment featured on an upcoming episode, or send me feedback. Just go to thepirag.com. 